You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hello, coaches. This is another departure episode. I've been doing a bunch of those lately, and this is different for a couple of reasons. One is I'm going to do this unedited, just pretty much off the cuff, so I hope it comes off well. Also, this is the last episode in the current season or series called Smart and Profitable Niches. And I won't claim that I'm going to stop talking about niches entirely because as you know, it is my thing. And I really believe that coaches are a little lost until they do figure out their niche and until they are really crystal clear on who they're serving, what that audience wants so much that they'd be willing to invest in your help to get it. Coaches that don't have that don't have that firm foundation under their feet. So I give myself license to talk about niches more, and I am going to move on overall from the topic next time. I also really thought it would be helpful to do a kind of review of the episodes over the last 10 weeks and to string the ideas together for you like pearls, because with a 360 degree view, my hope is that it will inspire you to really get certain on your niche. That would be my favorite outcome. If a whole bunch of you emailed me or called me or left a note on my Facebook page or something saying, that did it for me, I figured it out, or that did it for me, I'm going to have a strategy session with you, Rhonda, so I can figure this out. I would just really love to see hundreds and hundreds of of coaches over the next few months really nail this piece down so you can do really well in your business. I also just wanted to say that I can tell that you are really liking the on-air coaching sessions that I've been doing with coaches. It's, It's really fun, isn't it? Unless you're in coach training currently, you really don't get to hear other coaches coach. And it's a meta world. You get a lot of information all at once in layers. You get to hear how someone else coaches, which is always really interesting. You get to hear how someone like you, a coach, is being coached. And I think it's super inspiring to listen in as people go from confusion to illumination on a particular topic that you might be challenged by, which is choosing your niche. So I am going to continue to do those on-air episodes, and I'm also going to continue to look for and interview other coaches who have chosen a unique and narrow niche and who are well into their business because I want you to see what it's like four years, six years, 10 years, 20 years in my case, into a business. So let's get rolling on this session. And mainly, I'm just pulling together all of this niche wisdom for you in one place. So let's start with back on episode seven, I talked about why is coaching a hard sell. And I really hope that this sunk in, but I think it really is worth repeating. 
this was a hugely popular episode, and I'm really glad. And I think I know why, because it's really about a critical mindset shift that I encourage all coaches to make. And when you make the shift, your eyes are opened to how business and marketing really works. So if you're a person that feels like you don't know how to market, that the whole business world of coaching is really weird to you, making this shift will really help you leap forward, I think. And even though we are coaches and we love coaching with every fiber of our being, here's the truth. Most other people don't. And it's mostly because they don't know what coaching is or worse and getting more and more common. They have preconceived notions about what it is and they believe it's super expensive or elitist or a ridiculous <laughs> service because of how media spins the idea of coaching. So if you are selling coaching and that's what your website is all about and that's what your posts are all about and that's what you're speaking about, you are going to miss the mark most of the time. I encourage you to shift your mindset and think instead like the people you serve and get that what you're selling really needs to be a problem for a, a particular population. Coaching, on the other hand, is a skill set. And yes, it's an amazing skill set. And I believe that anyone who has a modicum of coaching skill is a better communicator and maybe having even better relationships. But the idea of coaching just doesn't turn people on if that's what you're selling. So what we really need to do as coaches, as business owners, is we need to sell outcomes. And you've heard this a million times, but somewhere deep in the heart of you, you may not have really gotten this on the level that you need to, that people invest in programs and experiences when they believe that it is going to get them where they want to go. And that's a specific thing. That's really why, in a nutshell, you need to target an audience and build your niche around what they want instead of the type of coaching you offer. So step number one, guys, is stop selling coaching. Step number two is target a unique audience and then find out what they want so badly they'll invest in your help to get it. You know, anybody who has hired me, that's what has driven them to hire me is that they want something. They want to figure out their niche. They want to get their coaching business off the ground and successful. That's what they want. And that's why they hire me. It's not because I'm selling coaching and I don't, I don't sell coaching. So another pearl to string onto the the string, is uh, episode eight, which is where I explained the three crucial parts or elements of a smart coaching niche. Because there really is a huge misunderstanding out there about what a coaching niche actually is. And it is not simply the overarching area that you want to coach about. When coaches hire me, they may have already chosen what I call a track, which is not a niche. 
a track is an area of coaching. And you so you may be a health coach or a relationship coach or a career coach or a business coach. You might call yourself a life coach or a spiritual coach or something like that. But what you call yourself or the area of coaching you like best is not what's going to help you get clients and earn money and be successful at coaching. That track by itself is not enough to help you attract a steady flow of clients. Except it is helpful in the sense that you know which direction you're heading in. And so if you come to me, for example, with a track already in your mind, well, that's great because it's a precursor to your niche. And it gives you an idea of how to narrow to a specific target audience and, and to build a niche around what they want. So it's great in that sense. I can't tell you how often I see people try to choose all the tracks I see this on coaching websites where there's a services tab of some sort or a work with tab or something. And then there's a, a menu beneath that tab with four or five different coaching tracks. And I, I know there's, there's no doubt that you are capable of coaching in all of those different areas, in all the areas there are. I believe that. But here's the truth. You are not capable of adequately marketing all of those areas. When you try to do that, all you're really telling people is that you haven't chosen. Your business, I'm afraid that all it really indicates to people is that you don't really know what you're doing, that you're trying to figure it out still. And that's okay. It's just not optimal, right? You send people to your website, you want them to feel good when they get there, stick around, read everything you've written. That doesn't happen if you're putting yourself out there as a coach who can han handle six different topics. It's just not going to work for you, basically. And business and marketing is all about choices. And I admit it's, it's hard to make choices sometimes. I have a hard time. So... There's a difference. This is important to know. There's a difference between what you do when you market and what kind of clients you're able to serve. So what I mean by that is that marketing needs to be crystal clear. It needs to be leveraged and congruent. It needs to focus on one audience and to speak to the things that are really important about or to that audience. And it, uh, your marketing must be congruent and consistent. But if someone comes to you that doesn't fit your target audience and what your marketing is all about, and you want to work with them, you get to say yes, there's, there's never a time where you have to say no, just because it's not your niche. And I really hope you'll take this in because that worry might be holding you back. Choosing a niche is totally about marketing. It's totally about ease and grace in attracting your clients in being able to build the little empire you want that will, you know, feed your family and, and will give you a legacy. Um, so it's, you know, that's really the difference. That's the switch in your mind that needs to be flicked right now. 
And um, so this is really important to remember. You have control over who you get to work with and when. But if you want to stand out in the crowd, if you want to be well-known, if you want to be able to, to attract people online or offline, you have to choose. So what you're putting on social media, what you're writing in blogs, what you're doing in podcasts like this one, it's got to be congruent. It's got to fit your brand. It's got to speak to a specific target audience. And the easiest way to stand out and grab attention is to narrow to narrow to a a unique audience, to speak to one specific acute pain point or urgent goal that that group has. And people then go, wow, she's talking to me. He's talking to me. They really get me. You know, they understand me. And that's why they will pay attention to you. And that is also why they will pay you big bucks for you to help them get where they want to go. The broader your messages are, the less likely that anyone will pay attention to them. And that's more and more true with every day that passes by. And I'm seeing this on the internet, you guys. I'm just kind of amazed at how much harder it is to attract attention. Specificity is key. So um, back to this idea of having three essential parts. The, The first part is your target audience. For coaches, we help people. Doesn't it make sense that the cornerstone of our businesses would be centered on a unique group of people? On your audience, the more narrow you go, the easier it's going to be for you. And then the second part of your niche is what that audience wants so much they'll invest in your help to get it. This is usually a major problem that you help these people solve or a major goal you help them achieve. And I say major because it has to be something hot for them. It's not a chronic issue floating around in the background. For example, stress is generally not a great thing to build your niche around because stress is something that we all experience all the time. And so it runs in the background It's a chronic problem, not an acute problem. So you want to focus in on an acute problem your target audience has that they want to, you know, they're highly motivated to solve this problem right now. And that's the energy that will have them out seeking. This is really important. Choosing that one problem or goal you help your audience with does not mean that it's the only thing you'll coach your clients around. So that's the other misunderstanding, and it might be a reason why you haven't clicked on the certainty button for a specific target audience and niche, again, is is that lack of choice holding you back from being super successful. Take this in now. You are not niching for the sake of limiting yourself in any way, shape, or form. You are not limiting yourself on who you can coach or what you could coach about. You are instead choosing a niche that will help you stand out and create a pipeline of clients coming to you who are pre-sold on hiring you. And basically your niche is you're showing your target audience your front door. You know, your house has more than a front door, right? But you've got to invite them in to, you know, to walk in to your living room. Basically, 
first is they got to walk in the front door. So let me use myself as an example. I help coaches. That's my target audience. I help them market less and coach more by choosing a profitable niche they'll love. Nailing down their niche is just the front door I invite my clients to walk through because it's an acute problem they want solved now. But I help coaches with every aspect of building their business from the ground up. And while we're working on that, I'm helping them build confidence and forge better mindsets and habits and learn how to write and how to market. It's a big world of support that I offer. And you offer a big world of support too. But if you have a really acute issue that you're helping people with as the front door, they'll come through that front door. And then you have the opportunity to invite them to sit down and stay a while, you know, to have a meal and all of that. Any target audience and niche that you choose is really just a stepping stone to you. It's the entrance point. It's what brings them to your door. And then there's so much more you offer them. If you've been holding yourself back from choosing because you're worried your niche will limit you, it will not. Human beings are super complex. And we as coaches serve the whole human being, no matter what our niche is, no matter what our specialty is. The third essential part of any niche is that after you've narrowed to one unique audience and you've found that hot button issue that that they want to get solved, the third part is your savvy solution to that or the pathway that you have pulled together that leads your audience to their desired outcome. I call it a signature system. It's something I help my clients create for their business. And when you have a signature system, you stop doing something that I see a lot of coaches do, which is they just go out and they they sell month to month coaching. And having a system allows you to, with a little forethought, you know, put together a pathway for your clients so that they can see, oh, okay, there's structure here. There's intelligence here. There's a way. And then, of course, every client that comes to you, you're going to treat them as an individual and customize that program for them to some degree. But we don't want to just figure all this stuff out in our heads. We want to include the people we serve in our business model, you know? And um, so that brings me to what I call your zone of genius. That was episode 15. One of my superpowers is helping people realize their zone of genius. And it's a huge clue to their ideal niche. And, and, and so we explore what are the kinds of conversations, the kinds of situations that really spark you? What are the moments when you, you lose your ego, your self-consciousness, and your, your mind is sort of set free from, from barriers and from, from scarcity? And when is that time that time actually feels like it stops and your body tingles with connection and and your intuition is thrumming and, and it's the loudest voice you hear. That is your zone of genius. And it's something rather singular to you. And it's something that you can plug in 
to your audience and to their top challenges and goals. And it's not something that's super easy to figure out on your own. Recently, a client of mine said that after a year of feeling lost in her coaching business, she now feels both relief and building confidence that she knows what her business is and what value she's going to give to her clients. So there's just a huge, beautiful bunch of doors and windows that open up when you really understand this zone of genius. And you may have glimpsed it, but you may not have wrapped your arms around it yet. And I'd really like to help you see it and then package it, and that will become your niche. That's another pearl in the string of pearls. You may have listened to the episode that I did with Marshall Stern and this phrase, click on the certainty button, played big in our coaching session to figure out his niche, his target audience. And it really meant something to him, which was cool. You know, it was one of those serendipitous things where that word certainty really spoke to him because he realized that he had not yet clicked on the certainty button and it was really keeping him in a bit of an aimless path. If you haven't clicked on the certainty button yet, but you sense that you're really close, which is what happens with a lot of people I work with, they're so close. It may just be that you have a belief that there's only one right niche and target audience for you, and that is actually holding you back. And while I'm a huge advocate that you choose one single target audience and build the niche around that, it doesn't mean that there's only one right one for you. But you do have to choose because endlessly sifting through to find that needle in the haystack will be exhausting, maybe already is exhausting to you. And it might leave you feeling hopeless or have you in this sort of wandering mode where you just really have not launched your business yet and you're not seeing the kind of income you want or the kind of flow of clients that you want because you haven't chosen I'm here to tell you there is not just one right choice, not just one right path. There are many. And it is important that you make a choice and that you found your business on that choice. Choosing a narrow target audience now and crafting your niche around their pain or the goals that they have will give you incredible leverage to launch with power. And it could happen that somewhere down the road, you pivot. Business is this very organic kind of a liquid-like thing. I think it's kind of like riding a horse. You know, you want to give the horse its reins. You want to let it find its feet and pick its way. But ultimately, you hold those reins. You get to decide to stop and to turn and to back up and, and do all those things. But A good deal of the time, you can just let it have its head, right? Let it go. And clicking on the certainty button for one target audience and really building your niche around it. Here's another metaphor. Um, It's like a rocket on a, a spaceship. It helps you get liftoff, you know, and, and to get a solid trajectory. In episode 17, my last episode, 
I interviewed Tammy Stacklehouse because I really wanted to illustrate for you what it's like to be 10 years into your business when you have niched narrowly and really stayed true to that. Tammy clicked on the certainty button for fibromyalgia patients as her audience, and it gave her so much confidence. And I think she called it the burning bush moment, just that sense that that she was on holy ground when she decided. And it quickly led to a wait list of clients for her. She published two books, pretty much gets all her clients from her books. And then because she couldn't serve as many people as wanted her help, she created an institute teaching other people who had fibromyalgia to become a coach themselves for people with fibromyalgia. Tammy says it was incredible to hear how her coaches, the people she trained, are positively affecting the lives of their own clients. And these were clients she could have never helped. But by creating this institute, she spread her gift out much further. And of course, that significantly has raised her revenues and and made it possible for her to do more with less, you know. So she started as a general health coach, and that was okay, but not great. Focusing in and becoming known for something catapulted her success. In episode 12, I talked about what coach archetype fits you. It was a favorite episode of coaches. Um, They told me that they listened to that multiple times because for one thing, it's kind of fun. You know, what's your archetype? And also knowing that your archetype could be a big clue to the business model you might want to have for your coaching business. And a coaching business model is really a piece that fits like a like a jigsaw puzzle alongside your niche. When I work with coaches, one of the things I do is to to really understand from the get-go what skills they are bringing to the table. And everybody's really unique and it's so much fun for me to see what their gifts and talents are and and when I hear what they're really good at but also what they don't ever want to do and also what they'd be willing to learn to do, those are great clues to who their audience could be and what their niche could be. See, like, if you hate networking, then that's going to rule out certain tracks and audiences for you. If teaching is something you love to do, then certain audiences are going to be a really good fit. If, let's say, you've never blogged, you've never written an article, but you're willing to learn how, well, that's going to open up some areas for you. So that's really helpful to know, too. Episode 16, I talked about why not coach people like you. That was actually an on-air coaching session. And what I was trying to illustrate there is that sometimes your past or your present story is the biggest clue to your audience and niche. And so in that Coach the Coach session, I was working with Casey, who, as it turned out, came from a family who was very ambitious. She, like her siblings, were driven to a lot of higher education, you know, to get a PhD and then pursue a professional field that 
lo and behold, really did not sing for her. And that was really hard. You know, she'd put a lot of time and energy into that. And obviously there might have been expectations in her family about that. But Casey had also traveled widely and she had become really passionate about helping Americans change their perspective on what success means and what work means. And so I thought, why not marry those two things, that passion and her background? And so my suggestion for her was to target high-achieving professionals from ambitious families. It's a really unusual niche, for sure, and super unique. You know, who else is going to choose that? And when I asked her how she'd feel about working with that audience, there was a lot of positive energy in her voice. And she said, yes, I'd love to work with that group. And she even made this sound, you know, like she was clicking on the certainty button. (laughs) Because she had listened to uh, my previous on-air episode with Marshall Stern. So that was really fun. Sometimes choosing your niche is really as simple as having someone like me reflect back to you who you are in a core way that fits with your passions and interests. And you may be very close to this. You just maybe need permission, which is the case for a lot of my clients, as they just needed permission to pursue something that they thought about, but then poo-pooed in some way, you know, like second guessing it, like, oh, that's not going to work. I can't do that. Or that's too easy. Or, you know, it needs to be more distinct or what, something like that. And you may say, well, where am I going to find an audience like Casey's like that, you know, And, and that was a concern for Casey. But here's the thing. When you make sure that your message really fits your audience, When the language that you use is so spot on and specific, that's how you attract people because they recognize themselves in that language that you're using. It's super, super powerful. Right after I did that on-air session with Casey, I was contacted by a woman who had been a lawyer, you know, a professional for four years, and she really dislikes it. And she's actually thinking of becoming a coach. So isn't that exactly that situation that Casey could have for her niche? Someone who pursues a profession, puts a lot of money and time into this schooling in order to become that professional, and then they're miserable. And she, Casey could charge fairly high prices and work with people over a fairly long term to help them shift their mindset and shift their approach to work and to come up with something that would really turn them on. That could be a long-term coaching arrangement and charging high, high fees. It might mean that she really only needs 10 to 20 clients a year, which is the way I run my business. And you know what? That's a beauty way to go. It means less marketing and less having to spend time with enrollment, more time actually coaching, being able to go deep with your clients. It's wonderful. So there's one last pearl I want to string on our string of pearls is is this concept of seekers, which I covered in episode eight. There is a fairly large sector of the population out there of people who just do not invest money in their own professional or personal personal growth. They just, it's not like there's anything wrong with them. It's just the way they're built. It's just the way they think. 
So you want to be sure that the audience that you choose really is full of seekers. With that, I want to let you know that my next series of episodes is going to be all about mindsets and habits of highly successful coaches. There are a lot of things you can do to just sort of click something in your brain that will change your experience or set up a system or some sort of daily habit. And isn't that so coach-like that's really going to help you in your business? So we're going to be talking about that. If you would like help to string your own pearls into a beautiful, strong, and valuable niche for you, don't sit there in silence and suffer. Reach out to me, grab a strategy session as a first step, and we'll set your business onto a firm foundation so you can really take off. And there's a button to push on my show notes for today. And all the notes for everything I've talked about today can be found at prosperouscoach.com slash 18 prosperouscoach.com slash 18. Many blessings to all of you. Have a great day. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.